Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 176. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 147, The Protester. And Catherine, I think you even said right at the beginning of the episode, you said you had heard that this was a bit of a doozy. Where were you getting your information from? Uh, Just pretty much anywhere. Going on Twitter and seeing people mention it. And it was usually something that translated to, oh my God, you guys, that last episode. Oh, boy. So... Yeah, we start off the episode with Cecil mentioning that a chunk of the moon is missing, which I think we saw last episode. Right, Right, but there was something that we hadn't known before. Everyone can see that the moon is missing, part of the moon is missing, but nobody can remember it actually exploding. It was just at one point, suddenly part of the moon is missing. Right. And a bunch of astronomers are studying it. And I bet you didn't know that a group of astronomers is called a commotion. I have no idea if that's true, but I like it. Yeah, I'll I'll be calling them that, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of theories about what's going on. One of my favorites, of course, is the Mandela effect, which is something that I've heard reference the Berenstein versus the Berenstain bears, that idea that everybody remembers it one way, but if you look at all the books, it says it's the other way, which I'm not exactly sure what the Mandela effect theory is. Is it that time has changed at some point when we weren't watching, or is it some kind of group hypnosis kind of thing, mass delusion. That sounds about right. I've, I don't know. I know I've heard that term in sciency areas before, but I never looked up to see what it meant. But of course, you know, when they talk about the Berenstein bears thing, Cecil explains it as where everyone remembers it as the Berenstein bears, but it's actually the dog park boys. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fair. I think that's, yeah, that's what it definitely was. But, and also with all the theories that are going around, it's, you know, they have to pay attention to all those theories because any theory can be true if you say it loud enough. And I'm like, well, that's a pointed (laughs) comment on current debate techniques. And Carlos is studying a meteorite that he is fairly sure is part of the exploded moon. But um, Cecil gets a little distracted. Carlos recently grew a beard and Cecil Mm. doesn't normally like guys with beards, but he likes this one. (laughs) Because of course, like every hair on Carlos's head, his beard is so soft and perfect. And I'm like, I believe it. It's Carlos. But (laughs) yeah, Carlos is concerned because there's a lot of empty houses and businesses around them. And he can't help but think that there used to be businesses in them. Um, but he doesn't, he, he can't remember any of them, so he doesn't have any proof, but he's got a very unsettled feeling. All of his studies of the meteorites say that it disappeared off the moon a month ago. Now, because last time we had an episode, that was Lee Marvin. Now, mm-hmm. before that, we had the episode about the people returning from the space war and John Peter's brothers, James, going back to the war because he knew that the general could save them from certain death. So I think that's the event they're talking about that was, I mean, they're not talking about event. They're just pretty sure that something happened a month ago, but nobody remembers what it was. And Carlos wants Cecil to go talk to Harrison Kipp, the archaeology professor, since they were talking before about strange things that were happening. Cecil doesn't remember an archaeologist named Harrison Kipp, and Carlos isn't sure he does either. Yeah, it's definitely escalating. We move from there to protesters are actually camped out in front of City Hall to demand that the City Council do something about ending the blood space war, and City Council responds in typical fashion. Yes, they are going to take immediate action by going on vacation. (laughs) 
And they also say that they're going to do it because they think the kids will really enjoy it. And all, you know, because city council, we don't know exactly what they look like, except it's one entity with a lot of heads. And when they said that the kids would enjoy it, a bunch of children's heads appear out of their body and scream in joy. Or it could be terror. It's kind of hard to tell with screams, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't that adorable? <laughs> yeah, right. A while ago, we heard from uh, a Nightville citizen, Basima, whose father left when she was very young to go to the Blood Space War. And that episode ended with him coming back. And she was so happy to see him. Well, we get to hear a recording from her now, and she's not so happy anymore. Time doesn't work for her father anymore. And when she says time doesn't work, she's, I think, 16. Her father's 19 years old. He's a teenager. He left when he was 30. But not only has he been de-aged, he has no memory of having a wife or a child. or um, Most of his memories of the Blood Space War seem to be wiped as well. He doesn't look at her like his daughter. He considers her to be like one of his only true friends, and she just wants her dad back. Yeah, and this is all very much on the nose with the idea of returning veterans coming back to a family and a town that they just don't exist for anymore. I mean, everything about them now is completely different. And meanwhile, everybody they left behind is still expecting the person that left to go to the war years before. So yeah, this was this was a really good metaphor, I think, for what it's like for veterans. I mean, I can't say that from experience, but that's it, it sounds right. Yeah. And we go from kind of being an on-point message to some really cool wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. The whole point of the Blood Space War, the reason why it's so terrible, is it requires, they said, constant shifts in time, wormholes, changing lost battles to won battles to undo that which has already been undone a bunch of times. Uh, what was the comment they made about what, the, what time is like? Oh, yeah. The future does not look like a blank page. It looks like a tattered sheet of paper. And that is, I mean, we obviously know that time travel will mess with things, but they really bring it home in this episode. Time travel makes war horrible, even more horrible, because they're just fighting the same battles over and over again and going back in time and changing things and undoing it and redoing it. And it just doesn't stop. Yeah, it almost sounded like when they talked about the time being a tattered sheet of paper. What's the word? Is it palimpsest? Is that what it is? Palimpsest, I think. That's when you have, you know, an old piece of parchment that you scrape off everything that was written on it before so you can write over it again as a new sheet of paper, except the ghost of everything that had already been written still exists there and sometimes bleeds through on the paper. And I really liked this one phrase. It says, we are winning the war by perpetuating the war. And that is a really on point description of what warfare must be like for the people in charge. The idea that this is a difficult situation. You're never going to like completely wipe out one side or another. It's really hard to tell what winning looks like. So the only way that you can win is by making sure it keeps going. So you're always like, we're winning this battle, we're winning this battle, then you never have to face the idea that nobody actually wins a war. Not really. 
Yeah, and they drove that point home even more when they were talking about the Intergalactic Military Board. Um, They've, you know, had some really good success because they've bought a whole bunch of giant yachts and NFL teams and then laid off a good percentage of all of their people. But it's okay because stocks are definitely up and they own some really pretty shiny things. So that was the Intergalactic Military Board. Um, Yeah, they were not being subtle with that one. No, not at all. But um, so Basima told Cecil that she's going to be attending the next protest uh, at the uh, intersection near the dog park. Cecil doesn't know what she's talking about because he doesn't remember there ever being a dog park. And if there had been, he would have reported on it. Yep. And she told him later that she went to go over to that intersection, which is right near the Ralphs. And sure enough, there's only empty lots. She thought maybe there was a dog park, but currently there isn't. And Cecil to that response, he's like, I'm not sure what she means about by Ralph's. There's never been a Ralph's in town. I'm like, oh, it's picking up speed. Oh, God. So Cecil played another recording from Basima, and she's talking about, uh, I don't know, she's trying to reach out to her father because, she, you know, she grew up with her uncle. She never knew her parents before her father came back from the war. And we're like, uh, uh, yeah, oh, wait she a minute. Yeah, she doesn't remember her mom anymore. And no. her father obviously doesn't remember her mother because he's 19 and hasn't met her mother yet. And she's just wondering, well, wait a minute, if he never meets my mother, does that mean that I disappear? And she disappears on air. And Cecil is left in the studio trying to figure out why he put something in to play because it's just a blank cassette and he doesn't remember what he was talking about before. So we go to the weather. Yeah, I liked the weather. It had like pop vocals, but a xylophone and guitar in the background. Yeah. And it was that lovely combination of electronic keyboard and that, you know, very intricate guitar sound. It was uh, Shake by Wednesday's Wolves. And I will be looking up more stuff by them because I and the singer was good, too. Yeah, I her voice sounded really familiar, but we can't find her in anything we might have heard. But it just was very nicely done. I'm listening. It's definitely a, a song that you can bob your head to a bit. And we come back and Cecil has an update on the Blood Space War. John Peters, you know, the The farmer. farmer, his brother James is back. But now his brother, who before when he had returned last month, his brother, I believe, had been the same age as when he left. But now that he's returned, he's actually in his 70s. And John Peters is overjoyed to have him back. And at first, James is glad to be back until he looks around a little bit. And then he notices all the empty buildings and the fact that there are so many people missing thousands of people gone, either never born or never moved to Night Vale. They're all gone. And he thinks something happened when the general jumped back in time to defeat the Polonian army. And it caused some kind of change in time. And now Night Vale doesn't have many people left anymore. And Cecil kind of wonders, he's like, well, if we don't remember what we've lost. How does that affect us? You know, we were got something gone, but we never knew about it. Is it really that important? And James Peters says, I don't know. Maybe we could try to consult a scientist. But Cecil doesn't know any scientists. Not personally. <laughs> oh, God. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as people started disappearing, I'm like, either Cecil or Carlos is going to go, and my money's on Carlos. And sure enough, Cecil has no memory of Carlos. He has no memory of any boyfriend at all. There's like a 
kind of like a, a love connection sort of seminar going on in town. And he says, as a lifelong bachelor, that's probably something I should attend. I'm like, ah, crap. Yep. So things be different in Nightville now. Yeah. I'm wondering, hmm, I wonder if it's James Peters who's going to go back and fix what just got fixed. I mean, it just never stops. It, it There is no, the only way they could stop this from happening is to destroy time travel, I suppose. But then you'd have to have everybody agree on where to stop time travel. Like, you know, where's the perfect moment to just like, okay, this is the timeline we need to have. We're not going to go back and try and fix anything. I don't think anybody could ever come to a consensus on that. Probably not. It kind of reminds me that Adam Troy Castro has a short story called My Wife Hates Time Travel. And it's from the point of view of a man, he and his wife, apparently at some point in the future, will invent time travel. But they are constantly having to deal with versions of the themselves from other timelines coming in to tell them to do something or not to do something. It's just yeah. like constant. And sometimes they have to get a moment of peace by screaming at everybody, if you don't leave us alone for a while, we're never going to invent time travel. So oh, it's, it's tricky when you get involved with this kind of time jumping stuff. And mm, yeah. not a lot mm. of good solutions there. Yeah, I'm telling you, everybody's sitting around making diagrams on napkins. So <laughs> actually, I think the term might be diagrams with straws, but I like napkins better. So <laughs> I'm quoting Looper in case any anybody wonders but yeah and that was that was it that was the end of the episode we don't we have no we're gonna have to wait another couple weeks before we find out um are we we're gonna get carlos back right of course yeah well we've seen this sort of thing kind of in night vale before when the other universes started intruding on everybody's reality so yeah maybe they'll fix this without somebody getting lost to time travel forever i don't know Maybe the resolution of it will actually, I don't know, maybe we'll have a mayor again. I mean, there could be something that messes with it that Dana Cardinal is mayor again. I don't know. That would be nice, but Mm -hmm. I get the idea with Nightville. I mean, if you're going to have a good ending, unfortunately, there's going to be some kind of price to pay. Yeah. Hey, did you know that we've never really found out everything? I mean, what's going on with Hiram McDaniels? I think he went off into seclusion after the end of the whole dragon storyline and and Mm. Violet getting killed. So we don't even know what that looks like for a five-headed dragon when one of their heads is dead. I don't know. Yeah. They never address that, whether or not he's just got a dead head hanging on there or do they remove it or I don't don't even know. know. I'm not even sure if Dana ever really address the fact that she was the one that ordered the firing squad that ended up killing poor Violet. No, that could have played into the reason why she didn't want to be mayor anymore. But Well, mm. yeah, that would have, that would have made sense. Mm-hmm. So that's it for Nightvale for the week. Anything else going on in the nerd world for you? No, I'm working my way slowly but surely through the Hugo Award nominees. I just found out that one of the novellas actually has uh, the authors up for best series, with the same world that the novella is set in. And I'm glad because I want to read more of it. The uh, novella nice. is The Tea Master and the Detective, and it's oh. very cool. Oh, nice. Very cool. I just started reading Paper Girls because the fifth volume of Paper Girls is up for a Hugo this year, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a slow burn of a start, but it's starting back in the 1980s, um, and you've got somebody who they run into at one point, and they picked up this thing that was lying on the ground, and it's like, why does it have a picture of a fruit on it? And it's the Apple logo on it. It's like a very, yeah, it's kind of a neat idea but um yeah i'm only two issues in um but you know i've been hearing a lot of good things from a lot of people so it's that's brian k vaughn isn't it yeah so he's gonna break our hearts eventually of course he is yes Mm. i know the um the most recent saga graphic novel is also up so we've got 
that saga graphic novel and then Paper Girls and Monstrous. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm wondering. I really feel like Saga is going to walk away with it this time. Just I think you're right. Ending. I think so. The art in Monstrous is beautiful, but it's not quite as beautiful as it was in the earlier issues. I think because she's really probably rushed right now. I mean, it's got to be hell putting that much detail into those pages and try and keep up with the production schedule. Um, yeah, but I haven't read the most recent volume of Paper Girls, so maybe it could give Saga a run for its money, but my money's on Saga. Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah, I haven't really caught up on any TV or movies. I'm still processing Endgame, honestly. I am too. Oh my God, I still need to see that again because Nathan hasn't seen it yet. And there are so many times when I open my mouth up and then I suddenly realize, no, I can't talk about that right now. Nope, nope. And not all my coworkers have seen it. One of them is hopefully going to go see it this weekend. Alex DeHakashan, if you're listening, go see the movie. But anyway, (laughs) I said... Like I have any room to talk. How many months does it usually take me to see stuff? Anyway. Have we, you know, I believe um, the last of the How to Train Your Dragons is now out of the movie theater. I think it so, is too. Yeah, we're going to have to buckle down and rent it at some point. I can't believe we did that. I know. But that was actually one of my suggestions. I mean, obviously to watch How to Train Your Dragon. But so the new Spider-Man movie, I believe comes out this year and it's Spider-Man Far From Home. I have been hearing so many people lately talk so well about Spider-Man Homecoming, and it's the only Marvel movie that I never saw before Endgame. So yeah, I, me too. I think, I mean, I know that one's on Amazon. It's not on Netflix, because it's not, mm, I think this licensing thing is because technically there's like a joint ownership, I think, between Marvel and Sony. Maybe? I don't know. Um, I was kind of thinking maybe we ought to rent that this week and make that our thing to talk about for next week and just friggin' watch the movie. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> I mean, because my God, his character got such a good reaction, what you said from the the theater when he showed up. Oh, yeah. In, a, yeah, in Endgame. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Minor spoilers. Minor spoilers. You knew he was coming back. Yes, you did. Also, uh, even the Russo brothers said that, you know, the Monday, like, tomorrow, as of time of this co-recording, tomorrow, but as time this episode drops, like, three days ago, spoiler warnings are not technically required anymore. So if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this episode, sorry, but you knew he was coming back. Yes. Well, you know, I actually sat down yesterday just to to relax a little bit and I queued up the um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and started watching the beginning of it. I had to stop. It was making me sad. I know. I was actually going to go and watch the first Infinity War again. And I was actually thinking of watching Age of Ultron again because I don't like that one very much. Um, but it's still, I haven't watched it in a really, really long time. But every time my finger was hovering over the play button, I was like, not yet. <laughs> it's going to take me I a while. No, God, I feel like I'm in mourning yeah. after Endgame. I mean, Endgame was awesome, but still. Oh, uh, yeah, I know my heart. But anyway, so yeah, I figure like Spider-Man Homecoming would be a good one to watch. It's okay. still probably going to hurt in some respects. But um, yeah, I think we should, since apparently it's going to take us a while to watch How to Train Your Dragon, maybe we should just like, let's say we're going to watch Spider-Man Homecoming. And what might end up happening is we end up watching how to train your dragon instead because that's how we usually do of course yes. yeah. that sounds like a plan yes <laughs> in, in which case being a plan that we're not going to follow at all yeah i don't know we'll see don't don't put money on this one but um so yeah that's going to wrap us up for the week so make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews the movie reviews the comic book reviews the photo galleries we've got our plan for next week um and we've got another mm, as of time of this recording still got mm, week and a half before another night bell episode yeah at least mm, okay so one way or the other we will figure out something to talk about and we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later